Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, Garrett Wong, who in 2010 played Todd in the film Acts of Violence. <laughs> and myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil, RDM, Robbie McDunk, Robbie D., Yours truly. Remember, everybody, you can get the full version of this whole podcast with lots of bonus material and all kinds of incredible perks and bonuses when you sign up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. All right. Acts of violence. It sounds dramatic. This is really interesting because... The individual who basically wrote, directed everything, this is like a one-man project, it's an independent film, was a friend of my sister's at her church. Oh, wow. In Los Angeles. Yeah, that's how my sister knew this individual. His name's Il, Il Lim. He's Uh, Mm -hmm. Korean-American. He had a martial arts school in Los Angeles for a long time. He taught a lot of different people, including, you know, some Hollywood celebs yeah, as well yeah. so ill's been in that world for a while and then someone said hey why don't you write and direct your own project you know using your martial arts abilities and he's like oh why not so that's how i got connected through my sister at wow yeah isn't that crazy it's crazy and he got one of his star students to be involved as well which was Who's Lili, that lily sobieski so oh my gosh yeah wow. so lily was in it and she was the lead and basically we play these, um, I played this member, a mechanic. I'm like a car mechanic who has mm-hmm. these friends. They're kind of blue collar guys. And we sort mm-hmm. of get kind of wasted and we sort of come across Lily and we sort of do bad things to her. And, then, and then, yeah. And then ill kind of takes revenge and comes after each one of us to take us out. So, wow. yeah. So I basically, um, I think I actually live, I don't die from what i recall but Did i you have to covered... do stunts and fighting no and but there's a scene where i'm basically covered i'm uh, ill pours gasoline i'm tied to a chair and he pours gasoline all over me and he lights a match and he's about to he's about to joan of arc me basically just throw that match on me and um yeah yeah so it's like you know it's a very dramatic and very st- stressful like wow. for me filming the scene where we basically sexually you know abuse oh, and rape yeah. Lily's character that was rough like I remember afterwards I was crying like I I mm. couldn't I couldn't even yeah it was just so hard to 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 get into that space you know what I'm saying to where yeah. you're, you're you're physically um forcing someone or forcing something upon someone that they don't want and it was just yeah and as much as we it's know rough. it's all pretend there's a quality about pretending that experience in a real yeah. way that yeah. just sticks with you and I, I yeah. remember uh 10 years ago or more when uh yeah 15 years ago i guess now when i was doing yeah. chuck the first season there was a writer strike and Correct. my friend yeah. oh and mary howard and brad yacobian from voyager yeah our they, producers from the, voyager yeah yeah they were at that time producing cold case the cbs oh Prime right show. right yes and the, the strike happened and so a lot of shows shut down we had a few we had two or three scripts that we could keep filming yeah but I saw Mary and Brad walking on the Warner Brothers lot one night. We were filming. And yeah. I was like, hey, guys, you know, what's going on? Are you guys still shooting? And they yeah. said, no, we've got nothing to do. We ran out of scripts. 
I said, oh, we, we're still filming. You should come in and see our big new buy more set, the big set. I just wanted to show them the set. Ah. And they walked in and we were filming a scene with Zach Levi and the Nerd Herd gang. And they yeah. were, it was just a silly comedic scene. Brad and Mary watched that one scene and then they turned to me and they said, wow, this atmosphere is so different than our show, than Cold oh. Cases. We do shows about, you know, victims and yeah. murders. You're yeah. doing fart jokes, you know? <laughs> yes, completely so different. They were like, yeah. wow, this is so nice to be yeah. a, on a set where yes. the environment is influenced by the content. So I yeah. can imagine doing a rape scene anyway. Oh my God. Yeah, it just, it was so, the energy around set filming that scene was so heavy and it's yeah. so oppressive. And and plus as, as an actor, I had to get my self to that place where it was capable for me to you know what i'm saying to get into that yeah situation yeah. which is it's a horrible situation for yeah. everyone involved basically so um yes that was difficult anyway so that's acts of violence and your sister hooked you up that's i know so and the one before remember it my was a, sisters it was a... never hooked me up with anything <laughs> i'm gonna call my sister as soon as we finish this be like hey where's the little help with my career well, uh, this week, our episode is Friendship One. Yeah, exciting. Season seven, Friendship One. We're getting very close to the I end. think we have, after that, I think we have four episodes. Oh, my gosh. That's sad. Can you believe you know, let me just Let me just verify. It's sad, but it's, it's sad, but it's also exciting in a way that we are talking now about our new where we go from here and we've got some cool announcements coming down the road about that yeah. so yeah everybody stay tuned stay just tuned stay tuned you more yeah. left doesn't yeah. mean the delta flyers flies off to the sunset we may be doing some more fun stuff in a whole new way so yeah, yeah. let's go watch this episode friendship one here we go All let's right. go watch it we'll be right back with our memories and discussion of friendship one Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. All right, everybody, we're back from watching Friendship One. Yes. No Q involvement, no John Delancey. I but was that's wrong okay. about that. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. That's fine. Uh, can we just jump right into our, our poetry synopsis? Let's jump into poetry because, okay. yes, this was an intense I, episode. So I, I think we need a little art. And just so you know, my yes. third verse of my haiku, yes. I have three options for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. okay. Here we go. My haiku for Friendship One. Yes. A mission at last. Away team taken hostage. Not Joe Carey. No! <laughs> okay. So not Joe Carey. No is one. All right. Okay. Here's, here's here it is with the second alternative line. Okay. I'll read it in whole so it kind of gives yeah, you the yeah. whole feeling. You were feeling okay. creative. I, I was feeling super creative. You yes. really were inspired. Yes. Okay. A okay. mission at last. Yes. Away team taken hostage. Mm -hmm. Justice for Carrie. Okay. Interesting. That's one. Okay. okay. Now this is the most poetic of all. Here we go. I love it. Here we go. A mission at last. Yes. Away team taken hostage. Gold is the new red. 
meeting the new red shirts referring yeah. to red shirts dying on a mission and it's the gold guy in you gold got you got died. very inspired on this episode i did i really, really did, did. I, I don't know what came over me but okay well let's see how my limerick goes i don't I'm know if it was quite as inspired as as i don't have three versions i just are got you one. not proud of it i'm sure you're proud of I'm it. i'm proud of it i'm okay, proud of good it. okay here we go let's go here's our limerick for friendship one the earth sent out the friendship probe station but it caused some pretty nasty radiation. Taking hostages is a real blow, so Janeway sent a torpedo. Turns out Voyager was actually their salvation. Oh, you had to rhyme it all with shun. With shun. Yes. That's Probe hard to station, do. With shun. Nasty yeah. radiation. Yeah. Got salvation. a little got a little um got a little full in the very beginning because you had to get all that out to, yes. to say station. What is this? Say, tell me this the exact wording right the before Earth, station. Yeah. The Earth sent out a friendship probe station. That's okay. The Earth it caused friendship probe station. Some yeah. pretty nasty radiation. Station. Yes. I like oh, it. Oh, I love a limerick. Yes, a good yes. limerick it is. Okay, so we were not right about director. <laughs> we said no. Terry Wendell came back one more time. It was Mike Vehar who we I love. Love so Mike Vehar. He did we're okay such a good that. job of this episode. Mm -hmm. Really great job. And yeah. writer, we're we're on the nose on that one. We got Taylor, right? Yeah, but we didn't Michael, get Fuller. Michael Taylor yeah. co-wrote it with Brian Fuller, right. who, by the way, we may have mentioned this before, but uh, Michael Taylor and Brian Fuller shared an office, so. Mm. I know they were always talking with each other about yeah. stories and scripts. So, uh, yeah. you know, really strong writing for this episode between those two office mates. Um, great job. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you mean they shared the same room? They had Seriously? two desks. Yeah, In the same two... room? Oh, yeah. wow. I thought it was an entryway with a foyer and then two different people that were their assistants in that area and they each had a separate room that's not the case they were in the no. same room room they were in the same so room much easier to collaborate when you're in the same room right yeah. so that's yeah. okay all mm -hmm. right all right let's go through our guest stars right now ken land who played varon the very very stubborn varon yes his very very first credit was a 1994 soap opera by the name of loving do you remember that show? Loving? I do remember Loving because, yes, because they filmed right down the street from all my children. Oh, these were and like your, I knew your neighbors. A, yeah, oh. I knew a bunch of the actors. It was an ABC soap. Yeah. Um, back when I did all my children in the 80s, uh, One Life to Live was nearby. Loving and Ryan's Hope were the shows that filmed huh. very close. We were all, and the cast yeah. knew each other. And So you guys um, would hang out with the other soap opera we to, I, I, yeah we'd run work? into each other yeah i don't know at, at maybe publicity events or i don't know i don't know but i knew them did you do soap opera conventions back then i did one only okay. one all right pre-voyager right yeah Pre and i yeah. think i did actually now that i take it back i did one soap opera appearance which was like a con in new york city yes with a bunch of soap actors yeah then i did uh, I did some kind of like mall appearance where I was huh. at the mall yeah, and just did a signing and met people. And nice. there was a, a couple of us, I think that was in Pennsylvania somewhere. Okay. Drove there kind of yeah. thing. And then yeah. once I went to um, Houston to Astro, was it Astro World? Is that what it was called? There was a theme park. Okay. Astro, I, I think it was. It was yeah. a theme park 
And it, it was, I think it was called Astro World. Like opened by the Houston Astros owner, maybe? Astro I don't know. Everything was at, like the Astro Dome was the yes. thing. Yes. And the, Astro, the Astros were a baseball team. And yeah. You know, it was Did a very, you do a meet and greet at the amusement park? At the amusement park. Wow. And then we went to see a Jimmy Buffett concert. He was playing at the, what was it called? It was like Six Flags kind of vibe. Did and you guys we, meet Jimmy Buffett yeah, backstage? And he was a big fan of all my children. And so that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot so of that Jimmy was, Buffett fans. Mm. I did a few, but I mean, I could yeah. count on one hand the soap opera appearances. Whereas, right. whereas, whereas uh, Star Trek, you can't even, you couldn't count them at this point. So okay. he did Loving. What, he did when Loving. Was he, when was yeah, he but he was there Loving? after you. So 1994, right? So yeah, 1994, yeah. you were well, well, I mean, when you left the show, when you left All My Children, what year was 80, that? 88. Yeah. So your character, Charlie. Was, to, yeah. 84, yeah. 80, 85 to 88, something like that. Did your character go to a, a monastery or did he die? Like, how did he? He went off to medical school to be a medical doctor. School. And then okay. like six months later, they cast a much older actor who was like 15 years older than me, who came back as a doctor <laughs> playing Charlie grown up. And now he's a doctor. Was like, you know, you, you should have said, Hey, come on. I could be Doogie Hauser. I don't have to, you don't have to cast this guy, but I had, I had actually wanted to leave the show. It, it was, Oh, you were ready. I got, yeah. We, ready. We've gone off on my career now, but yeah, we um, have. We but have. Uh, I went on the soap with a two year contract. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, but I was ready to be done. Yeah. And they said, no, 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 don't leave. We want to sign you for another. They want to sign me for like a three-year contract. And I said, no, no, don't want to do it for another three years. Yeah. I said, "Um, I could sign a two-year contract as long as I have an out after one year. Right. So they said, okay. So we compromised on that. And then I did the show for one more year and I I was ready to go. So I gave my notice. Yeah. I gave my notice and I was supposed to be done in October, I think was when the contract timeline would end. Right. And they wrote me out in like August, surprised <laughs> me. And I was like, wait, what? No, I quit you first. You can't quit me. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, uh, I love it. But oh. anyway, yeah. Oh my gosh. But okay, once I so gave notice, they were like, get them out. Get them out move now. Move on. 15 <laughs> years later, somebody else is going to play you. 15 yeah, years older they didn't, than you. They didn't waste one they did moment not wait. Af- oh my after I uh, gave my notice. But you know, Oh, this good. business can be so harsh sometimes, yeah. you know? Next up, we have John Prosky, who played Otrin. Otrin was yeah. the guy who was the scientist that we kind of have up on the ship on that Voyager, fix. right? That yeah, we fix we, his we face can... and he looks he looks yeah. great, right? Yeah. So 1986, a TV movie called A Case of Deadly Force. Mm. Yeah. All right. We have Barry Hockwald playing the character of Bryn. Yes. Bryn, a 1993 episode of Class of 96, television show Class of 96. There wow. you go. Okay. Yep. Uh, is Bryn the one that was pregnant? I'm guessing. Yeah, I think that's who. That, yeah, I think that, that I think she be. was. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Next, we have Peter Dennis, who played Admiral Hendricks. Admiral yes. Hendricks. He in 1965 was on an episode of a TV series called No Hiding Place. Mm-hmm. Clearly a UK series because yes, that's where he's, he's British. From. He's British. It's gotta exactly. Be, it's gotta be a British show. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, and cool. unfortunately we lost him in um, 2009 to cancer, April 18th. Mm. So yeah. So he is no longer with us. We also have Ashley Edner who played young, 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 <laughs> young, the, yes. young, which funny enough, 
was a guy in my high school graduating class, a Korean guy. His name was Young Young, yep. actually. Young yes. Young. Yeah, Young Young. No, and now the, yeah, so I'm talking about this character Young playing Young Yun, and that's the exact name of the guy I went to high school with. So um that's hilarious. Yeah, Young Yun. Uh Young, or I should say child Yun, maybe that's easier for me yes. to say that. Yes. Okay. So yeah, the little girl. She was the little girl. She was great. Was okay, yes. 1998 episode of the TV series Step by Step. Step oh. by Step. Yeah. Uh, Josh Clark, we know, Lieutenant Joe yeah. Carey, 1976 TV movie, The Other Side of Victory. 1976, The Other Side of Victory. John Josh Rosen- Clark. Josh yeah. Clark was had been around a lot longer than I realized when we worked I, with Same here. Like, yeah. yeah. No clue. He, I had no idea that his his yeah. credits went that far back, but we've talked oh about this gosh. before. Yeah, he's an old very mm-hmm. yeah veteran actor. Definitely, John Rosenfeld, who played technician number one. Yeah, his very first credit was the nineteen ninety eight film Rat Bastard. Rat Bastard. <laughs> Wendy Speak, who played technician number two. Interestingly enough. Yes. Her first credit is also 1998, just like John Rosenfeld, but not the same. Not not Rat Bastard. Yes. It was actually a TV series called USA High. I don't oh. know if you've ever if never you heard of it. I've never heard of it either. Never heard. We also have. David- Wait, well, I want to yes. go back to this technician number one. Is mm. that the guy that looked kind of like a tall James Taylor? There was one guy. <laughs> no, who I kept seeing it's- an alien with the with the radiation stuff. But I kept going. No, that was like James Taylor. Was James no. <laughs> Taylor a fan? Did he do a cameo? I, I, I got to go James back and look. Taylor. Which guy? How did I miss this? No. It okay, maybe that was. Maybe him. Ja- do you think James Taylor actually did a cameo on our show? I don't know. I, that it's would hard blow to tell me away that, if that, that actually would, happened. We would have heard of that. We would have had. A I memo, think we would okay? have known. Yeah. But this one no, guy, but, I think it's no. him, Technician One. No, no. I think guys, he looks like James Taylor. Okay, never. These mind. guys are in the beginning of the episode. They're that they play the aliens pre-radiation. Remember the two? They're detecting the probe coming into their atmosphere. Yes. That's oh, so who these guys are. Yeah. Oh, so they had the hoods on. But then they take no, the no, hoods th- off. They had no hoods on. The very first shot showing the aliens detecting friendship oh. one probe as it's coming in. And the guy goes, It's entering our atmosphere. They have no clue oh, yeah, about yeah, what yeah. the probe Before. is yet. This okay, pretty, so I'm thinking yeah. of a different guy. Yeah, I'm thinking totally of a radiation dude. No, these who are looks non like James radi- Yeah, these are the only non-radiation people, unless you count, you know, Otrin, looking less yeah, radiation when at he the gets... end. But no, but these guys are the very beginning. Yeah. So okay. Number two. That's not James Taylor. Okay. No. <laughs> no. We also have uh, David Gallardi. He's our final co-star. Uh, Alien Lieutenant. Alien Lieutenant. Maybe that's him. Maybe, Maybe that's James Taylor. Maybe. 1993 episode of the. Uh, Untouchables, the TV series. So okay. there was a TV series about. I remember that. I guess. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's who David Gallardi is. Maybe big David cast. Gallardi slash big, James big Taylor. Cast. Yeah, big cast. But the last three were co-stars, of course. I did not. Um, yeah, this was James Taylor. Definitely had a co-star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, opening shot. Do you like that CGI of the Friendship One probe kind of yes, flying through space? Yes, and it looks good. like Earth in the background. Like it's an M-class planet that looks really lush and the oceans and blue. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah. Clearly, this planet is pre-radiation. Yep. <laughs> we we yep. well, we don't know that at this point, but um, we do see some aliens in a control center. They're monitoring the probe entering their atmosphere. And you know, I'd like their equipment. It looked very different. It was like uh, I wonder kind of like who... a round view screen thing they yeah. had. It was kind of funky. 
I wonder who did the voice on the probe. You know, when the probe has oh. the recording, we the people of Earth greet you in the spirit. You I know who it was? Uh, to me, probably Loop Group. Yeah, you think so? Because it kind of sounded like Cosmo Genovese to me. Really? Maybe. Well, he would read it on stage. He would have read it. Cosmo would have read it. Uh, yeah. Actually, was Cosmo here the last season? Oh, are I you saying like, that he left? I thought. I he... feel like <gasps> Cosmo. Oh, because Jan came in. Jan, Jan Rudolph came in. Came in. Oh yes. my gosh! So Jan Cosmo was. Yeah, yeah. he he was okay. retired. Yeah, I forgot about that. So we've got the alien scene, the opening scene. Then we go to opening credits, which again, I love every time. I think we have maybe the best opening credits of all Star Trek. Shows. We do. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with gonna... that too. I yeah. love the yeah. beautiful visuals of our opening sequence. So then we go into Astrometrics Lab, actually. We're talk where Janeway's talking on a view screen to an older admiral. This is Hendricks. This is the British actor. Yeah, that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I got to say his first line, I couldn't understand because of his accent. I was like, wait, what? I had to go back a couple of times because he said the Voth, the Kabali, the Vaudoir. Well, and, the way he I, said everything was like very stylized. It's like the it Vaudoir. He's like, you know, yes, the Vaudoir. Vaudoir. I'm like, the yes. Vaudoir. I'm like, oh. I, I was like, wait a minute. What? What is he saying? What is he saying? Yeah. But he was very, I was very impressed with his fancy pantsness. He, he was, was. He was very elegant. And and he's one of Janeway's professors from the yes. Academy, right? Who's Yeah. yeah so there you go. Yeah. It was very cool. But yeah, because she says a little farther than I expected, professor. So yeah. Yeah. They yeah. have a history. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to the, from there, we go to the briefing room. He says, right. we got a mission for you. We go to the briefing room. We have this cool shot. Yes. Where it's it's like a crane shot where the camera starts big and wide in the briefing room. Yeah. And as we're listening to this recording of yeah. the probe, mm -hmm. we, the people of Earth, greet you in the spirit of peace mm -hmm. and humility. Mm -hmm. The camera's pushing in slowly, seeing all of us just listening. And then it eventually comes down on Janeway pushing a button. To stop the end of the That's, recording. To That's stop it. the end of the yeah. recording. It's a very cool opening shot. We've never shot from above the oh. uh, briefing room table ever before. No, this oh. ever. No, it was so. very cool. Yeah. Mm. So that that was cool. And then I, I did make a note in the scene. We're basically talking about this probe that was sent out just four years after Zephyr Cochran mm -hmm. tested his first warp engine that it's packed with all kinds of uh, information, Harry says. And Starfleet has sent us some search grids for us to yep. check out. Right. That jumps us into the bridge. Mm -hmm. And we start off basically knowing that we have searched all of grid 295, nothing. Harry says he stayed up all night and he looks it, by the way. I, I'm going to say I the bags underneath my eyes there that, that either make up or I intentionally did myself made it look like I was up all night. Um, but he spent all night extrapolating the probe's trajectory. And he suggests to move to 310. Grid 310, let's just move ahead. Skip 296 up to 309 because of all this all night work that he's done. He basically Tuvok, was an overachiever. He, he was, was. Harry was an overachiever. Hey. Tuvok's, Tuvok's in the captain's chair listening to <laughs> Harry's pitch. And Tuvok's like, okay, well, let's try it. Alter course. And then Paris he says, agrees. Oh, were, wow. were you a little shocked that he agreed personally? I was, I was, little, I was like, what? Yes, I was. Yes. Okay. I like Paris's uh, line, trying to impress the Starfleet brass, Harry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good line. Not the best um, line of the episode, but I think there's a there's a really good one coming up. 
Okay. Uh, exterior ship shot. Uh, next, back on the bridge, Harry does find it. He finds the the titanium or tritanium signature of the hull or whatever, and realizes mm-hmm. that he was on the money. And then yeah. I think Tom says something about that too, like "Good job, Harry." You know, he's happy yep. about it. At yep. this point, I made a note. I said, "Whatever bad stuff happens now is Harry's fault because <laughs> we wouldn't have been here if you hadn't been an overachiever, staying up all night. We <laughs> would have uh, been off hey, on some other but, track." Well, look, okay, to be up. Yes, Harry's fault. Uh, Harry, Harry, fault. Harry expedited it, but even if Harry didn't say jump the three ten, we still would have gotten a three ten eventually. So I'm going to say yeah. it's Starfleet's fault in ultimately. Okay, okay. I'm going to blame wanna, it on them. I'm going to blame it on Harry because he, that's he, fine. You can throw Harry under the bus. I'm fine yeah. with that. Uh, <laughs> move, moving on, we have this wonderful exterior shot of Voyager in orbit of the planet. Mm-hmm. Did you like the planet the way yes. it looks? Yeah, yeah. Kind of beautiful. dead looking, kind of grayish, sort yeah. of purplish, ashy Gray. looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to astrometrics. We have Janeway, Chakotay, and Seven. Seven has detected the probe, but antimatter radiation has interfered with our sensors, so we don't have the exact location. Mm-hmm. Janeway orders Chakotay to assemble an away team to investigate in the Delta Flyer. So, well, they look for life signs too. So it's radiation everywhere, high levels of antimatter radiation. And there's no life signs. No, zero life signs. So they've got the. They think they've got this probe, but there's nobody there. that they think on the planet yeah we go to sick bay carrie's there getting inoculations with tom and i i wrote down carrie we haven't seen him in a long no, time we have not seen him in a very long time which it's... always makes me nervous for those actors characters <laughs> when they show up out of nowhere on an away mission it's not going to end well but it's not just lieutenant carrie it's neelix too chakotay there as well what's interesting is harry's not there to get inoculated but yet he is on the away team later so it's a little strange i don't know why they must not care as much about harry clearly not tour is (laughs) around yeah they didn't give harry the memo (laughs) he's expendable he's a new gold is the new red right tour is arise for her inoculation paris is just beside himself he's like let's just no let's walk out here and talk he challenges her he challenges her decision to be part of this away team because she's pregnant it's radiation filled down there and she finally relents and agrees with her hubby or her man tom in the end my nomination for best line of the episode is my money's on balana from chakotay my winner uh best line is when Tora's outside when she's talking with paris yes he says, okay, fine, you win. But if we have another baby, you carry it and I'll go on the away mission. Fine. And that's Paris a good goes, one. it's a deal. It's a deal. So yeah. I don't know if Tom won here. Like, <laughs> he's going to have to carry the baby next time. I don't know if that's winning or I would. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's see. That's funny. Moving on to the Delta Flyer interior, we have the away team of Neelix carry. Chakotay, and mm-hmm. my uh, autocorrect changed it to Charkite, but clearly that's not his name. Tom and Harry are also on this away team. It's a very bumpy ride down there. Very Neelix, bumpy, yes. Yeah, Neelix is a little queasy. And the yeah. music, I don't know if you noticed this, but the music really had uh, a little bit of an homage to Star Wars in a way. It really? sounded like, yeah, it sounded a lot like some Star Wars background type of wow. or- orchestral music i did and... notice the music in this episode i thought i've noticed it the last few episodes actually yes. that there's been a kind of a tonal shift to a little more like 
superhero adventure yes, sounds. Yes, there know. you go. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. As they get closer, they see evidence of a civilization that used to be there, but it's in ruins yes. now. Harry says that the radiation levels are at 6,000 isorem, so nothing would be alive down there. There's no way. No. So Chakotay says, hey, Tom, set the flyer down. Let's get down there. So mm -hmm. we do have a planet surface, a shot, a CGI shot of the Delta flyer actually landing. Paris brings a nice little curve in there. Did you like that shot? Are you okay with I, that one? I liked it. Um, you know, when the when the flyer approaches to land, yes, they sort of cut away, and there's a lot of snow, so it's snowing. Yeah, there's yeah. you know, like a I guess it's a snowstorm. Yes, and I did notice that when the when the flyer lands, snow doesn't kick up off the ground, like. You know, like when a helicopter lands, it oh, kicks up dirt yeah. and stuff like that. It didn't do and that I, in this one. I did mm. make a note here. I was like, organic material like that in yeah. CG back in the 90s, yes. back when we did this. It, that's that's really tricky now with our technology to make okay. really good looking organic, whether it's water, right. mud, you know, yes. uh, snow. Yes. So back then, they just kind of skipped it. They, <laughs> they sure like, did. Yeah. They were like, yeah. It's not going to kick up any dust because that's going to be expensive. So, <laughs> yeah. so they kind of they just cut away. But but yeah. it's it's uh yeah the approach was cool. It kind of yeah. did a little slide in. And yeah, burn. not bad. Um, as we're seeing the Delta flyer landing in the process of landing, we also kind of jump over to a shot of a close up of a hooded figure that's watching. Speaking uh, of speaking of Star Wars, though, to yeah. me this you felt, felt that like was a very Star Wars like character. Yes. Those those yes. hazmat suits felt yeah. very Star Warsy, like sure. Sith or something. Yeah, like, Sith, and also kind of uh, elements of Dune as well. I felt so. Yes, yeah. So yeah, other yeah. sci-fi shows kind yeah, of came into sure. play there. As we see the close-up of the hooded figure watching, mm -hmm. then now we see his POV through. I'm guessing his visor, binoculars, his binoculars, visor. alien, yep. yeah, tech, whatever it is. So we see a little bit of um, you know readout information on the delta flyer as it lands and yep. then finally a, back to a close-up of this alien watching and out to out to commercial after that yep. um planet surface love planet Mike surface vehar the first shot your the boot foots. Yeah, oh, stepping into great. the ice and grass great shot crunching through that great shot. it was really good yeah nice little reveal that this boot belongs to tom paris mm -hmm. conversation uh between paris and everyone's in an ev suit at this point of course yep. tom and joe tom and joe isn't that funny tom and joe yeah. have a conversation about fatherhood husband and wife interactions but again I know what's happening. It's it's making you feel for Carrie right now. You're yeah. like, oh, Carrie's a good guy. His yeah. he had to deal with the same stuff with his wife that Tom's dealing with his wife. So you're getting these feelings of like, gosh, darn it, we love Carrie. And yeah. uh, Neil is following. Uh, well, and then Tom Tom sees something on the ground. He goes yeah. to pick it up. Neil says, "Be careful." Yeah, and Tom I, picks it up. And why are you like, pushing? Why are you pushing random buttons, oh Tom? God. It what could you, be a bomb. you are the boldest exact it looks this, like a grenade like it doesn't it look does. like a toy and you and this reminded are so me, bold this reminded me of when i was an actual kid in real <laughs> and my mother would always we go to the store and she'd be like just don't touch anything just don't just keep your hands to yourself don't touch and i would touch things and Everything. i would break them kind of like the props on this show yes i would just they stopped giving me props because i'd always break them <laughs> And my mother used to always say that, like, don't touch yeah. everything. You yeah. don't have to touch it. So I guess Tom is just a did, little like me. Did you have flashbacks? Did you have flashbacks to your childhood when you watched this scene? I yes. knew you did. There you yes. go. 
And of course, he touches the button on what looks to me like a grenade. Like a grenade. It, it looks, looks like, like, a like it's some type I'm of with bomb. You. Yeah. And uh and even Neelix tries to stop you. But in this episode, clearly it's an alien music box slash toy. Uh, playing Vivaldi, of all things. So now we're thinking, huh, okay. So maybe the probe did have some influence on these people, on this race mm -hmm. of aliens here. Carrie detects something on his tricorder, and it's off. We go to another direction for the trio. We now cut to Chakotay and Kim, also in EV suits, also exploring another part of this planet. Yep. Harry detects an antimatter signature ahead. And now we have a cool shot of sort oh, of Chakotay cool. and Harry coming in to what looks like a an entire football field of missile silos is what it looks yes, like. Yes, these right? giant bunkers with circle Massive. doors on the yeah. top. Do yeah. you remember where you shot this scene? Uh, 16, I'm pretty sure. Because if was not it near 16, the cave set? Yeah, it was it near the cave It must have been right on the they, edge of that big cave set. Yeah, because they only built one silo right all the other yeah. ones are cgi so that one silo that we step on a little bit later yeah so or and if it wasn't there it had to have been there they couldn't have could they have squeezed that on the size of side of uh, stage nine maybe no i think no. it had to have been there yeah 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 anyway it was very cool though cool shot though i like yeah. it yeah yep. paris hails chakote that uh they think the probe is in a cave Chicote says, just keep him posted. And then we cut back to Chicote and Harry walking onto one of the missile mm -hmm. silos. Um, super cool. And then we got that shot where we, we can see in basically because we've got flashlights and we actually yeah. see the warhead that's still active yeah. in there. It's kind of crazy with alien symbols on there. Yeah, that was that was very cool. We go to the cave set next. Uh, we're yep. inside the caves. Neelix, Carrie, Paris are walking in. Mm -hmm. uh, they start to see some equipment, like dusty old equipment. They think it it's some kind of control room or a laboratory di diagnostic equipment everywhere there. And there was tons of it. Oh yeah. Stack. You remember there this? Was, okay. Yeah. There was a lot of it. This was on 16 too. I'm guessing. Yes. 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 Okay. They basically used our cave set where we did all of our planet stuff, everything. Yeah. yeah. And they just sort of redressed it with some of this, uh, you know, this yeah. lab equipment and stuff, but there was a ton of it in there. Mm -hmm. and they're looking through all this stuff harry does say most of the stuff is still functional they're they've been working on something yeah and then he finds a piece of painted metal that's from the friendship probe or whatever harry yeah. sees it but why is it covered with that much dust i know this if is their it, this is their workplace right yeah. this is where they've been living why would it be covered oh Gosh. Okay. Anyway, it feels continue. like a ruse. It feels like they've tried to <laughs> trap them to yeah. make it feel abandoned, but it's not. But oh, it maybe seems that's like a what lot it was. Of, yeah. Seems like a lot of work to do. <laughs> Paris at the end of the scene, when they find all this lab equipment, basically says, Hey, let's set up these transport enhancers. We're yeah. going to send all this, you know, transport all we'll this. Transport stuff. it back. Yeah. And yeah. calls Chakotay. Um, and again, I would just made another note where you and Chakotay are is very, it's a very cool vis effects. Oh yeah. Extension of our cave set. Cause there's not much room to work with. There. There's not a lot of cave on the edge of that set. Nope. And they did a really good job with the vis yeah. effects and whatever set they built. It, mm -hmm. it looks super cool. Mm -hmm. um, but Paris says we found some of this, uh, you know, a piece of the probe and uh, we're going to get ready to beam it back to the flyer. Mm -hmm. And Chicote says, um, great, we'll meet you there. We'll meet you at the flyer. Yeah. And uh, suddenly they hear, they hear a noise back in the cave, inside the cave where Paris and Neelix are. Yeah. And they look around and hazmat suits 
start popping out from <laughs> above them and all around them. And I did make a note like the, the hazmat suits are almost like dirt colored. And it yes. was a great choice to sort of blend in. Make them the yeah, they camouflaged. Very basically. camouflaged. Mm -hmm. It looked cool. Mm -hmm. And then Carrie, hot. Carrie tried they look hot to, to me. Like they I bet all those yeah. actors were really hot. Yeah, but his tricorder didn't read any life signs initially, uh, and never mm -hmm. did never did because they weren't looking for the type of life signs that we know, which would mm -hmm. be life signs that are not totally soaked in radiation, yes. and that's the reason why we couldn't see them or Carrie couldn't detect them because of that. But anyway, uh, we are now back in the Delta Flyer. And yeah, Chakotay and Kim. Yep. Harry, Harry and uh, Chakotay walk in. Chakotay first notices a, a beeping sound and there's an open panel. Somebody's been in there. Yeah. Someone, someone's a robber. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. They've had a, they've had a burglar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we cut in the back and there's uh, Harry's putting his helmet away. Yeah. Inside. Harry's hair looks so good. Even after the helmet is taken off. It's unbelievable. Really good. Really good. <laughs> Uh, he's he's kind of jumped. He's hit with a box as he puts his helmet away. Well, you know, no, you, you saw what smashed. he did first. He takes oh, the, gate. the he That's takes right. the gate, and it, but if, if you look at the gate, it doesn't look like that heavy of a gate. Okay, mm. and it, it looks kind of like. By the way, it hits, it hits your it hits my EV solid. Suit. Yeah, yeah so which is I, like okay. a football. Thank you. Outfit. So that really is not going to do anything. That will probably shock me. But what probably did something to me was him taking that container. And then bonking me on the head with it, basically, yes. right? So that's what gets me all woozy, I suppose. It was a good hit. It was, but I, my note was Harry looks stupid. I, he looks silly. I thought he looked silly. In that. You just got surprised. I I bought it, okay. and I thought you sold okay this stunt very well. Okay, you good. did this, okay. right? You didn't have did. a double for this. No, yeah. no. No, that looked like you. Yeah. Good job on the stunt. Thank you. But yeah, the alien uh, starts to raise his weapon. Chakotay comes in, and stuns Chakotay stunt, shoots him, stuns yeah. him. Yeah. Um, goes over to Harry, lifts him up, mm -hmm. and calls the away team, and yeah. nothing. And then there's a big bump or yeah. something. Well, we're right? getting hit now. We're being fired upon, right? Because we're now in the cockpit. And well, when we go back to the cockpit, I just have to say there's all these yeah. stripes on the, the wind streaks. Yes. It looks like giant bird poop streaks. It sure does. Like and they I got giant birds that just pooped while we were flying. And it's, and I, it's just I, like, I, Poop streaks. I must interject right now. Okay. Yeah. I have a shot from publicity that was taken, that I printed up to take to conventions of me sitting in the shuttle in the Delta Flyer wearing the EV suit, the EV suit. and with the window with the streaks on it. And I never knew which episode that was from. I was like, this is I, it. I thought it was from the underwater episode that we did a while, while back. Right. Yeah. It almost when we went like underwater. giant like seaweed kelp. Right. So, but it, it's completely, yes. Yeah. So I thought, That's oh my gosh, it's from that episode. But no, it was from this episode. And now, because you described it as, as bird poo poo. Maybe that's why that's the least popular photo that I printed up. It People looks are like, like eh, giant yeah, bird poop streaks. It does. It does. Yeah, skid marks. Skid marks does. from birds. It does. It but we're gross. getting hit by these antimatter weapons, and our shields are are failing. And Chakotay Chico is let's Chico go. Is like, let's get out of here later. Uh, we can't help him if we're all dead. Yeah. And yep. I wrote, you're leaving us? Chakotay. <laughs> hey, Harry does protest. He's like, what about the yes, others? Thank but you. look. You know, but we do need to have us being alive to help you. So yeah. we had to go, man. We had to go. I'm sorry. Back to the cave. Carrie's trying to talk to them, but he takes a nasty hit to the oh head. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And Tom stands up. Yeah. To protect him. Yeah. When he hit you, 
he hit you on, again on, on, you're the wearing your, on the EV suit. So I felt like it reminded, I had a flash. And I acted like yeah. it hurt. Yes. I was so like, my, ow. I can't no, can feel I, can I can I just say this? My yeah. my flashback when I watched you reacting was as a kid getting punished and pretending it hurt, you know, the spanking, yes. pretending the spanking hurt to stop it sooner, basically. So yes. I felt like you were doing the exact same thing to the you're like, ah, to the aliens to make them not hit you again. Yeah. Don't you, hit me on that hard. Don't hit me on the really hard <laughs> protective part. Ow. Kind of. <laughs> But I, I had a flashback myself. Okay, yeah. So after the the beatdown happens, Varen is the one that kind of comes to see. This he is reveals what's himself. Yeah. But his line is, "Leave them alone." So you immediately think, "Okay, this guy's taking sympathy yeah. for Carrie, for Tom, for everyone else that's you know being beat down." So, and that's that's the mind mess. That that's that's what messes with your mind in this episode yeah. because you start thinking this guy's sympathetic character, and then later what he does you're like i mean it's funny and i'm gonna just editorialize for one brief sure go i liked the story i love the direction yeah i do feel like as a broad statement Mm -hmm. that the guest cast is just a little milk toast to me just a little in the middle like when you start talking about varon seems like a good guy but then he's a bad guy like i think we needed much stronger Choices, differentiated personalities Mm -hmm. of like Varen needs to be the scary, yeah, badass. Like he needs to be from the jump, he needs to be tough and scary and intense. And I just okay, I was so this Varen was here. You feel, and I agree with you, that the Varen, whoever plays Varen, could have been here, right? I mean, in terms of he ends up being a murderer, he kills. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry, people. But he kills one of our people in cold blood. Yeah. Like, this is not a good person. No. He's a desperate. No. You know, vengeful, angry. Yeah. But taking the middle of the road sort of tactic also worked in that you did not expect him to kill Carrie, though. You see what I'm saying? Is it sort of like, yes, he's kind of milk toast. He's not really going to do anything. I felt like they all sort of blended, even the pregnant alien lady on the the ship. Like they were all sort of low. And let's have more layers. Let's have more layers for these aliens. Right. Let's not keep them. They they all felt like they were sort of playing the same kind of character. Right. And so I didn't know. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it was very um, low energy and sort yeah. of yeah. Um, soft. And anyway, yeah. that was my, well, that's my biggest complaint in this episode. I think the the performances should have been as uh, have as much variety as I think this story had written into it because it, it's got a, a lot of potential in it, but it, I feel like yeah. it was a, a little unrealized. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that opinion. That's Let my us... that's my little sidebar. Yeah, but after the beatdown, Varen realizes that we're there to collect our probe, which is basically the beginning of the end of their civilization. <laughs> so they're very upset that it's now. Not only are they upset, they're somewhat Varen, somewhat kind of happy. I think because he realizes, oh. Now the perpetrators have returned. Now we can hold them accountable. So there's yeah. a little bit of yeah. that going on. And um, Tom is very confused. At yeah, he has no story. clue what's coming. No. Huh? And by the way, I I, I do want another quick sidebar. Yeah. When <laughs> in our intro, when we were trying to remember this episode, yeah. yeah. 
I'm surprised I don't remember more of this because I I had a you're lot in a story. lot of it. Yes, I mean I wouldn't say it's a Tom Paris story. No, but you're in uh, your screen time is yeah it's up there big time. And once I um big time once I watched this, there are things that came back to me. Yeah, like in the, this is in a, the, the yeah. baby thing. The pre, the delivery. This is a thing. great Tom character mm-hmm. development episode huge. Yeah. huge i think the last couple episodes have been huge you, oh my gosh i mean you are the stand-up guy in this one that is yeah. for sure okay so the next scene we're in a hallway chakotay and janeway are walking did you notice in the scene they're talking about the aliens and the antimatter weapons yeah and kate says antimatter and <laughs> chakotay says antimatter and they both say it differently and i'm like how do you is it antimatter Antimatter, 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 antimatter. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, I, I feel like they said antimatter. I'm, I'm sorry. In the one scene, I, I did not nitpick this scene as much as you did. My goodness, you noticed yeah. the way they pronounced the antimatter. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I, I don't know why because they said it because because Chicote says whoever they are, they have antimatter weapons. Right. And she goes antimatter. And I was like, he just said antimatter. <laughs> He okay. just said it. They have antimatter <laughs> weapons. Right. Antimatter? No, <laughs> antimatter. I got to go back and watch that again. Yeah, Dadgummit. All right. They get hailed by Tuvok, who's on the bridge. And yes. Tuvok says, hey, we're being hailed from the surface. Janeway thinks it's the away team. Tuvok says no. So then we cut to the bridge. And mm-hmm. this is Janeway basically talking with Varen. And it's audio, though. There's no video. I think it's just audio at this point. And he's mm-hmm. talking about how um, his um name is Varen, and the crewmen are everyone else is his prisoner that the away team basically is his prisoner yeah he's got hostages and it's just audio at this point i did find it interesting because when we were down on the planet it was a lot of handheld in the cave set Mm. when Varen is walking around i wasn't really clear what he was talking into since there's no bridge set in the cave That's right. But I did like the movement. I liked that he yeah. was he was actively as if he was on speakerphone, I guess, yeah. or something. He was just kind of walking around talking to Janeway in the cave somewhere. I just that's my missing scene. Him turning to someone and go, "Hey, hit speakerphone now." Like that. Yeah. And they do it for him. Yeah. But, you know, basically he accuses Janeway and all of us for committing genocide, which is a huge accusation. Yes to have Janeway's just confused she doesn't know what's happening uh but he keeps explaining um that we are going to pay for what happened to his people uh and again she's just she's clueless and so she gets she she cuts to the chase what do you you want want? what do you want me to do and he says i want you to get us all of us off this planet find Mm -hmm. us a new home that's Mm -hmm. not radiation soaked right and Janeway says okay well let my crewman go and we'll talk about it and he says, no, no, we're not talking. Yeah. Uh, your people are not safe until my people are. Right. And yeah. basically threatening. It's it's a hostage situation. And he it says, you've got three hours. Mm-hmm. The clock starts now. Right. And right. that's our act out. Okay. So we come back from the commercial break. We see Janeway and Tuvok talking. She wants to scan for the nearest M-class planet. He said, you need to, you know, rescue us and get us someplace safe so she's mm-hmm. going to start looking and two looks like you're going to meet his demands you're going to mm-hmm. let him blackmail you and mm-hmm. she says i'm just keeping my options open mm-hmm. calls chakotay you're with me we cut to sick bay now we see that this 
this alien who was the burglar on the flyer <laughs> that Chakotay uh, stunned. He's under the clamshell bed right now. He's he's unconscious, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the doctor says he looked at his garment. It's magnesite, which is kind of like a environmental suit, but it it doesn't offer full protection. That um, he's the doctor says his skin, his body is saturated with this radiation. That's mm-hmm. why. No one could detect his life signs. That's right. So it's it's almost like his tissues are indistinguishable from the radioactive atmosphere. That's right. That's gross. That's horrible. It's just it's just so deep into their skin you can't even tell. They it's pretty bad. Um, Well, Janeway wants to wake him up, and Mm -hmm. the doctor does wake him up with the hypo spray. And now what ensues is just this conversation of just pretty much. This is what you did to our people. I do not believe that you're trying to help us. I do not believe that you're trying to to be nice to us. I believe that you're here to harm us. And his whole theory is that <laughs> that we sent the probe there to give them technology to cause themselves to obliterate their own to to basically so, pollute their own planet, yeah. right? To mess everything up so that we come in to conquer them. And then Janeway makes a very 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 uh key statement which is why would we contaminate a planet that we're trying to conquer? That makes mm-hmm. no sense, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he's still like no, I don't I don't believe this is uh, that you guys are are, you know, on the up and up. I think this but, is But can you blame him a bit? No, no, like, he can't. Can because, you, but he's he, guess what he does? At he's, this point. No, yeah. he's spouting Varen. Right. Like he's mm-hmm. just Varen is their leader. So everything yeah. coming out of Otrin's mouth is basically Varen from what I yeah. hear. But Janeway is very calm. Janeway is just saying, like, look, you know, this probe was sent 300 years ago. Like we don't have we weren't even alive when this probe was sent. Everything that he has to say, she has something to sort of balance that out and sort of show him the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's a um, nice it's a nice beginning to changing his understanding of what happened. Correct. Yeah, that's a nice scene. Right. We jump to the cave. Yeah. Jump in the cave. Uh, now Paris and Neelix and Carrie uh, don't have their environmental suits anymore. They're just in their uniforms. Carrie's what is un- that? Is that what you wear under the environmental suit? Because I, I never guess. got that uniform ever. I've never yeah. worn that. So I guess that's what you had underneath. Clearly, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But Paris says, "I think I need my med kit. He's really hurt." And Bryn. We begin to meet Bryn. She says, I can't give you your your stuff, but she hands him a metal bowl and some cloth. And Paris starts cleaning this cut on his head. And I just, I noticed <laughs> as, as I was watching the scene when Paris is talking to this woman, that I was wiping on either side of the makeup cut. Because when, <laughs> because when you cut, touch it, you're going to mess it you're up. You're going to mess up the makeup. <laughs> so if it were a real cut, I would be like, you know, dabbing it and, Clean, really cleaning it but a makeup cut you okay. have to sort of pretend like you're touching it <laughs> yeah so for the next take it's not ruined so, so I just, all it, i could do is watch my fake cleaning without touching the actual cut okay there's a joke uh, amongst star wars fans that stormtroopers are so bad at aiming that they can never hit their target yeah. you as a medic are so bad at aiming at, at dabbing. you can't even find injury. the wound but no. we now know why it's because if you touched it makeup would be on your butt about messing yeah. up the actual wound mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny okay uh but paris and bryn start talking they talk about he says uh when's your baby due she's obviously pregnant he says mm-hmm. Bolana's pregnant too. We're expecting a girl. And she's like, yeah. how do you know? Yeah. And 
he makes a joke about uh she has her my eyes and her mother's cranial ridges yeah and then he asks is this your first baby and she goes no and he goes oh boys girls she says two boys and a girl and uh Paris says, what's their names and she goes they were all stillborn hmm. oh very sad. sad you were and i could see your reaction was genuine because you at that point already had kids and you understand what it is yeah if one of your kids was stillborn you would be devastated mm -hmm. so you did a very effective look you it was a sad yeah. it was a sad look and it was an empathetic look as well so good job i do remember shooting this scene Okay. And my memory is that this actress, Barry, I think was her name. Yeah, Barry Hawkwald, who played Brynja. Barry Hawkwald. I remember she felt a bit method actressy to me. Oh. And as I as I watched the scene, mm. meaning, and what I mean by that is that she was always a bit standoffish with me and a little in character and a yeah. little like Yeah. Um even when the camera wasn't rolling. Even right? when the camera wasn't yeah. rolling. I felt a bit like I couldn't quite, you know, just have a an easygoing conversation with this guest actor. Yeah, um, <laughs> I hear was you, a man. Bit method. It was always a bit distant. I don't know that that memory sort of came back as I watched this scene because I, as soon as I saw this scene, I'm like, oh yeah, there was a whole storyline and started yeah. it started coming back to me. Yeah, and I remember, I don't remember feeling like I ever connected with her, you know, when we were shooting it. I did remember. Lieutenant Carey, Josh mm. knew that he was going to, you know, he'd read the script. He knows yeah. he's going to die and <laughs> he was not happy. We leave the cave scene and all of my memories of that. We go yeah. to the Astrometrics lab mm. and there's two of Octora's, uh, Janeway Harry's there. Yeah. Um, they're talking about how long it would take to take all of these people. To the uh, nearest M-class planet, which yeah. would really, it's okay. Let's, let's talk about there's this. It's hundred and Right. There's 5,500 people, but this, it's 132 light years away. Round trip, according to Torres, is two months. Mm -hmm. So now to shuttle all 5,500 people, the extrapolated time frame is now three years that we have to tack onto our journey back to the Alpha Quadrant. We have to mm -hmm. first ferry these people for three years. So Janeway's like, no, I mean, this is, I can't believe, no, that's crazy. Tuvok's like, well, we can use force. And Janeway's like, not until we've exhausted every other yeah. option. Yeah. And Bolana, by the way, she does say, hey, what about Tom? What about and the Tom? Others? Yeah. What are they going to do this whole time in three years well, while we're She shuttling? doesn't say, what about Tom? She goes, what about Tom and the others? And I was like, or just Tom, maybe? What about Bolana? Did you just say, what about Tom? And stop there. I mean, well, yeah, the there's fact others. that she listed your name and no one else's means you're the special. Okay. So you're I was okay. just like, why not just leave it at Tom? Just Tom? Yeah. How's what Tom? about Tom? Yeah. What about yeah, my That would have been a little more emotional rather than Tom and the others. All my other favorite people, you know. Oh anyway. my gosh. We're now in. Sick We're bay. in sick bay. Seven, seven of nine interest. walks in. Yes. Ocho I got to say about her. her walking in. Okay, if go. you freeze frame this. Yeah. When, when the door opens, yeah. she's just standing there in the hall. No. And you know what the rule was. We always were supposed to be on the move oh, as the door opens. No. So when you see the doctors doing a little business, he moves back to a, a table to to type something in and then yeah. the door opens. She's literally just standing, standing there, there and then I, starts to move. So I was like, Jerry, I, you're supposed to take a couple I, steps back okay. and be I, I'm, moving. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go other side of the coin. I'm going to say, you do remember there were times that certain scenes would take a, 
take after take after take because something wasn't right in terms of how the camera is going to land and bringing that first actor in or whatever. So mm -hmm. maybe this was take eight and it was just like, oh, let's get it over already. Maybe, you know, I'm just feeling maybe. like, yeah. how could she not know that? I feel, Or how could the director not have seen that? And maybe yeah. it was the correct way. She walked around the corner and, and it opened right where she got got up to the door and then this was maybe a later take that they yeah they just have to pick yeah pick a take where she yeah. was definitely just standing standing still, there the door yeah. open and then she walked in yeah well anyway but, so she walks in otra notices yeah. her and seven is there because she's the first thing we hear her saying is i've extracted the nanoprobes and the doctor says i'll begin reprogramming them now this catches otra's attention so he's like nanoprobes so uh she's like yeah these are small machines they're gonna help us repair your tissue this uh, damaged tissue of yours and he's like wait extracted from where she's like oh my bloodstream so now he's even more like what like is everyone like this on your ship like and now he's thinking like this is a ship full of people that have mi microscopic machines in their bloodstream but she says no just me i'm the only one that has this and this is still something that's shocking to him that anything yeah. can repair his skin though. Right. So he's like, but oh. then just as he's getting excited about that, Jamie yeah. walks in and, and she's on a mission a bit. She's she like, is. she is. You've told me you've been looking for ways to neutralize this radiation. He yeah. goes, yes, all my life. She yeah. goes, tell me about your work. She comes so in kind of mad though. It was interesting. It was some, like a little, she's got some attitude right here. And Carrie's well, she, not dead I feel yet, like she's so. on a mission. Yeah, I think she's like the clock is ticking and she's trying to, she's fishing. Okay. She's trying to find out uh, yeah. something that yeah. will get give her a way in here. Right. But we don't have to take three right. years of shuttling people right. back right. and forth. And so she she comes to ask Otrim because he's the scientist and she wants to know about his work. Right. So that's pretty much it. We go inside the cave. Uh, Lieutenant oh. Carrie wakes up. Oh, no. Um, it's this scene. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, he's got a stomach ache because the inoculations are wearing off. Mm -hmm. Neelix talks about the caves are naturally shielded, but, you know, environmental suit is the way to go and they don't have them on. And then that's it, when Yun comes in, right? Yeah, little a little Yen. girl peeks around a rock. Yeah. And she says, hello. And I, Tom's delivery of hello was so high. I was like, uh, it was the did highest. I say that? <laughs> hello. 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 Yeah, you were Mickey, you were Mickey Mousing it right there. I was very impressed with your octave um, that you Thank were you. able to hit. I was like, my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> yes, but I, I do start talking to the little girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to make her comfortable, and then Paris gets the idea to give her the little music box thing and ask <laughs> Neelix, where's the thing? I, and I wrote down Paris is a very demanding hostage. She's <laughs> yes. like, excuse She's me, like, we'd like to give her me? something. <laughs> yeah. Give me the bag over there. Give, that Give bag me my right bag. There. Yeah. It could be asking for a weapon. For I all we know. know. That's what's so funny. Well, she's, Varen says that. He goes, that there could be a weapon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He wants to give her the music box. And yeah, Varen says, you know, these guys are dangerous. Yeah. And... Well, he snatches it away from her. She does play with it for a second. And then Varen's running over like, this could be a weapon. So he flips out. Right. Bryn is like, like, look, it's harmless. So now you see a little bit of dissenting opinion mm -hmm. from Varen, a little bit from Bryn. Mm -hmm. the seeds uh, of rebellion are happening i do remember this scene with the little girl she was really young oh, and yeah. i do remember because she had to get all her makeup on that took time mm -hmm. and then she had to get it off and she only had a short day i do yeah. remember this scene being a bit of a crunch scene like oh we gotta go fast because the kid's on a clock you know uh, yeah. there's limited hours that you can film with very young children i think this 
actress was born in 1990. So in we're filming this in ten years old. Yeah, ten years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was she was pretty young. Mm -hmm. But you know, Varen still doesn't trust them. Well, that's when Neelix jumps up and he's like, "Look, let me go talk to mm -hmm. him." And Neelix. Uh, Paris is like, what? Why? Because I'm the ambassador, Voyager's ambassador, <laughs> remember? And I think Neelix did a really good job trying to convince him. I mean, he really laid it out. And he mm -hmm. also sort of brought in his own experience about yeah. Talax and how his family was all killed by the Metreon Cascade, hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, but, you know, Varen's so bitter and so he he's so myopic. He only sees one thing. And that's it. He mm -hmm. can't see anything else. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about what happened to your family. And I did like that actor's delivery of that line. It seems sincere. But then he goes, but don't compare your life to mine. That's his final line mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. Dismisses. Nice Neelix. try, Neelix. Neelix yeah. did a really good job. Mm -hmm. um, we go to the bridge next. Janeway is talking to Baron now, trying yeah. to propose this alternative. Yeah. There may be a way to counteract the radiation, but Varen is like, you know, Otrin told you this otrin has too many ideas like he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> think that otrin's a very smart guy or, um, or maybe he's too too smart it's for him right mm -hmm. one of the two so but varin you know she's trying to you know come up with a different plan and varin is like this is not a negotiation because his feeling is this varin says if i release the hostages what is going to prevent you from just leaving or attacking us and janeway's like okay all right, you know, I know you suffered, you know, so let's just let's just take this in baby steps. Let us have one, just one hostage, and then we'll give you food, medicine, whatever you need. And so Varen, you know, there's a, actually kind of a, it's not a close-up, but you do see a shot of Varen's face sort of like milling, thinking, the, milling, about, thinking it. about it. Yeah. yeah, running this through his head, thinking about what he's going to do. And then he says, uh, you, what's your name? And it's Carrie that he's kind of pointing at. He tells Carrie yeah. to set up the transport enhancers. You yeah. know, it sounds like he's going to get, you know, one person, one hostage is going to get to go home. It's going to be Lieutenant Carey. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But the music kind of gave it away. The orchestral music right there started getting very foreboding at that point when he was setting up the transporters. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, no. He... Oh, no. And he says, I'm sorry, Mr. Carey. Sorry. Yeah. Your crewman's ready, Captain. And Janeway goes, transport and signal. You hear a little bit of a, a phaser fire or something like that. And yeah, yell, on the bridge, yell. you yeah. hear Paris yell, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? And, yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Janeway, yeah. Janeway calls for Tom, but no answer. And then the doctor mm -hmm. calls the bridge. And we cut to the doctor informing the captain that they killed Lieutenant Carey. And he's lying yeah. there on the floor with, with a, a hole through his heart. Oh, so sad. Very sad. I was shocked. And Josh was not happy about no. it. No. But there's the act out. He's dead on the floor. We yeah. go to the bridge and Janeway is pissed off. Oh, she's mad. She, he says, you murdered one of my crewmen. And I'm, it's not going to make me more receptive yeah. to your demands if you start killing my crewman. Yeah. Varen plays chicken where he's like, well, don't force me to kill anyone else. And Janeway's like, fine, I'll evacuate your people. Mm -hmm. But our transporters aren't designed to accommodate large groups. So we'll need time to modify them. Varen gives her one hour and she's like, mm -hmm. okay. And uh, that's when she gives that look to uh, Chakotay, my ready room. Mm -hmm. She's so mad right now. It's great. I love it. Uh, so she goes off to formulate some type of plan. We don't know about this yeah, point. We don't know what's going to happen. No. We cut to the cave. There's Bryn bringing Paris and Neelix who are 
starting to kind of feel the effects of this radiation. Yeah. It brings you guys a bowl of leaves is what it yeah, is. Bowl of leaves. <laughs> Enjoy uh, these leaves, please. Yeah. And she says, this will make you feel better. And Neelix thanks her. And Paris right. is like, why are you helping us? And she says, because your child is going to need a father, isn't she? Yeah. So you, you can see an ally. That, yeah. <laughs> there's a little bonding going on there. Yeah. We cut to, to sick bay. And for the first time we see Otrin, he's kind of half, half his face is it's clear clear there's so no lesions yeah, yeah the doctor is he says the you know that that's uh, partially working seven explains that the nanoprobes are repairing his yeah. his uh, and even his conversation because before he was mm -hmm. sort of breathy like out of breath the actor was playing it that way and mm -hmm. then in this scene he says you know he can breathe easier and well, he gets up and he walks across the room walking so across the room he's fine yeah. he's pretty darn good otrin and seven you know, continue talking about debating basically about seven saying Varen is very irrational and Otrum's trying to explain that that you have look what he's gone through. Look what look we've what all gone through. Yeah. Yes. Look, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Otrum even says you can't deny that your people sent this. And yeah. Seven says, yes, they made an error in judgment. Right. They didn't fully uh, anticipate the consequences of their actions, mm -hmm. but they did not mean to hurt you or destroy your world. And, you know, humans can evolve and learn from their mistakes. And so can you, which is a great lesson that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, then Ocean responds with, well, even if I believed you, Varen never would. Mm -hmm. And that's when Seven puts the seeds of rebellion in his mind. He goes, well, then maybe your people need a change in leadership. And mm -hmm. Ocean's like, no, I'm not a leader. And Seven says, well, you're a scientist, someone who can see a problem and come up with a solution. And the same thing can apply to a leader. And we leave that scene with this very yeah. pensive look on Otrin's face. He feels like maybe I can do this. Yeah. Back in the cave. Uh, back in the cave, we see two kids eating. They're sitting on the ground, I think, like yeah. eating, the, you know. Probably like, leaves again. Leaves. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is, where do the leaves grow, by the way? I was looking I, yeah, at some see, of their now, clothes and their food, and I'm like, that I, planet surface, that, it's, it's there's pretty nothing. Yeah, it's been nuked. I mean, it's just there's nothing left. There's yeah, nothing like, left. How do they make fabric for they, their fancy vests and I, pants? All like, and well, okay, if they're growing leaves, it has to be within the cave in some type of hydroponic sort of yeah. enclosure. There's that. How can you grow a plant in that type yeah. of environment? Impossible. Yes. Yeah. They, right. they eat a plant based diet, so they're yeah. very healthy. Yeah. Um, vegetarians. <laughs> oh. Yes, but, uh, but, Paris is watching the kids eat when suddenly a woman says, uh, Bryn's going into labor. Mm -hmm. It's the baby. Yeah. Um, she says it's too soon. But she says, let him help me. Uh -huh. And Varen, Varen kind of lightens up a little bit. He's like, can you? And Paris is like, yeah, I, I think so. But I need my med kit. We see the Delta Flyer flying in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great CGI, kind of a high shot. Yeah. Uh, of the of the set. Yeah. So a sentry and, post sees that happening and he tells another guard, hey, yep. go tell Varen what happened. Mm -hmm. Back oh. in the cave, this is the delivery scene, emergency yes. delivery. Paris yes. is losing, you know, the uh the heartbeat of the baby. Yeah. And he's he decides to speed up the contractions, get this baby out so he can deal with the baby. But suddenly a guard comes in. I think this was James Taylor. <laughs> I think that this guard, guard, the one that their goes, ships returned. Their ships returned. That I think was that James was. James Taylor. I know James Taylor was in this episode. Fine. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if James Taylor was like, "I'm going to give him a fake name. I'm going to be an extra on this show or under five on this oh, show." I wish and... I had known he was on the show. I would have had him <laughs> sing a song or two. I love James Taylor. 
Um, but Varen <laughs> says, uh, okay, their ship's back. Double the guards at the entrance. Yeah, send out we patrols. Out, yep. Yeah, we go outside. And Chakotay is kind of signaling our, our, you know, people to move around, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we come back in the cave. The baby's being yeah. delivered. But, but when he does that thing, before he does that thing, they, they actually stun uh, one of the patrol members, right? So that's oh, how they yeah. get that's how they get the uniform, right? So right. he falls back, the rest of them scatter, and that's when Chicote goes bop, 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 and then it goes right back to the cave, the delivery scene. The yep. delivery scene you... and and Paris has the baby, but it's not breathing, he says, and we see this baby. Yeah. It's a rubber baby. Talk about this baby when okay. you're working with this baby. So there were two, there was two props. Yes. It was never a real baby. We didn't have right. a live human right the actor baby yeah we had a rubber baby that was the blue one that was that's just the dead one uh, yeah. dead one basically yes and it was kind of gross i it, remember it, it looked yeah <clears throat> very realistic it was mm -hmm. it was heavy to hold really they put weight to it too My yeah goodness. it's pretty okay. it's pretty heavy and then after uh spoiler alert paris saves the baby right there's a you know, uh, more color in the skin, not blue yeah. anymore. Animatronic. And that was that was an animatronic, so okay. remote controlled puppeted yeah. baby. That's what I thought. Where the where the mouth moves and yeah, very mm. cool. But right okay. now we got the blue baby. Um, it's a rubber yeah. baby. It was gross. Paris needs uh, three millijoules from the cardio stimulator, and we cut to the planet surface. Tuvok gets ambushed. Yeah. And the guard says, "Don't move. I'll take him to Varen. Tell the others." And the guard says, "This way, move." And I, f I felt like they got him pretty easy here. I was like, I started getting suspicious. I didn't remember what happened, but I was like, Tuvok gave yeah. up really easy. Uh, Tuvok is our suspicious. head of security. Would he yeah. be taken that quickly? Probably not. Yeah, it felt yeah. suspicious to me. But also when that guard said, I'll take him to Varen and tell the others, it's Bob's voice right there. So yeah. that's another giveaway if you're listening yeah. carefully. We go back in the cave. Um Paris increases the to five millijoules. Mm -hmm. He hears a heartbeat. We hear a baby cry. And we cut back, and the blue rubber baby is now kind of pink and got color yes. to it. Yes. I was like, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. That was a quick change on the baby. It um, was. And uh, you basically tell Bryn and hand the little breathing baby back to Bryn saying, you have a son. A boy. She had a boy. Guard comes in. Uh, one of the patrols took another prisoner. Mm -hmm. um, Varen says, put him with the others. And uh, Tuvok starts to head over. You mentioned, you say, we need to get this baby to Voyager. And Varen's mm -hmm. like, nope. He's staying right here mm -hmm. in Radiation Central. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tuvok and the guard walk over. Suddenly the guard hands him a weapon. They both turn. They stun the other men. They stun Varen. They stun the other guards. Um, yeah. And then this guard that gave actually Tuvok he doesn't stun Varen. Tuvok Vulcan neck pinches Varen and then shoots another guard that's standing oh, by. So nice. that's what I saw. It was a very fast action scene. Uh, but then we reveal the guard is actually the doctor who is quite uh, happy and with himself. Yeah. And uh, he was able to take out all, everyone. He aimed well. Good job. Mm -hmm. And he says, when you need to infiltrate a toxic environment, it helps to be a hologram. Most Which definitely. is true because yeah. Tuvok needed the environmental yeah. suit, but the doctor right. didn't. So he could go undercover. That is right. That's, as, so that, so really the, the doctor was the only person for this job. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Tuvok calls Chakotay, um, says we've got the hostages. They prepare to... Uh, to beam out. Yeah, and so Chakotay and Kim beam out, right? That's mm -hmm. what happens. We beam back mm -hmm. up the flyer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Bryn comes over to Paris and says, thank you. 
And Paris is like, you know, this baby is not going to survive. I promise I'll bring him. Let me take him to the ship. I'll mm-hmm. bring him back. I promise. And uh, Bryn agrees. She trusts him, which she is trusts a huge him. Win. That's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Paris uh, steps into the enhancer inside the enhancers with the baby. Yeah. And it, Tuvok, uh, Tuvok says five to beam up. And... See, I think Tuvok should have said 4.2 to beam up because the baby is so tiny. And yes. and then he would have said 0.2, remember, is saturated. Well, and actually not saturated, right? Would the baby still be saturated with radiation? I don't know. It's been in, in utero. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. But they anyways. beam out. They beam out. Paris mm-hmm. has the baby. He's going to go take care of him. Yeah. We uh, come back from the commercial and... Uh, we're in sick bay. Yeah. And uh, the doctor has got the baby looking great. Janeway's all business, isn't she? She's oh all business. God. And I did notice. So they're by the bio bed. Yeah. And sitting in the background yes. are Tom and Neelix on right. the side the side beds. Yeah. And I just thought, what? why are we sitting posing by ourselves? Well, you guys just, just the, got treated, though. What do you mean? Yeah, but we're. Yeah, but we should have been laying down or on our elbows. We're both sitting there like we're waiting for our lines. Faith, it just was funny. I was like, it almost looked like we were both like in ready position. Okay, is it my line yet? And speak. So essentially, that part of sick bay was the green room. That's where you guys are just yes, sort we were of just like hanging chilling out, out waiting, waiting for our lines. Yes. Okay, uh, fine. Just posing. It felt a little posy to me. Yeah. I don't know. Janeway's just like, look, once this baby is stable, send it back to the surface, transport the baby to the surface, and give him some food, couple medical supply uh, cartons, and let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. And that's not settling well with Neelix and Paris, who then they follow. chase her. You guys chase, chase her. Not only do we chase her, oh, Paris jumps in front of her and cuts you, her off. I was yes, like, you do. I just cut off the captain. You were so I aggressive. jumped in front of yeah, her. Yeah, I've, you could have been I've, demoted for that. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, should have been. Mm-hmm. That was rude. But Paris is arguing here. He's saying, you know, that you told them that you might be able to neutralize the radiation. Is that true? And she goes, right. yes, but they don't want our help and I can't force it on them. And plus they killed Mr. Carey. And then, yes. yeah. But then your argument is like, yeah, that was one man. That was one person who killed Carey. If you saw mm-hmm. how desperate you, you would basically help them. You would not ignore yeah. their suffering. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, that was a good plea. I think he gets to her a bit. We go to engineering. Otrin's yeah. in there with Janeway and he's been doing some experiments and sh- oh, yeah. demonstrates in this little sparkly red well, it's like canister. a yeah, it's like a it's like a big fat test tubey looking canister. Well, mm-hmm. basically, they're pumping in the antimatter radiation into this chamber, this glass chamber that we're looking at, and mm-hmm. Otrin is showing Janeway his theory of how to basically neutralize the radiation. So we see this effect, kind of a sparkling mm-hmm. effect that happens that changes the the color of this radiation. It to becomes clear. clear. It looks like yeah, healthy it's not, air. Mm-hmm. So it's not smog polluted, anymore. Right. Yeah, polluted air turns clear. So it looks like they've uh, yes. they've got the, the science to do it. And Janeway right. says, well, how can we apply these methods to a planetary scale? Yeah. And Seven says, well, you know, atmospheric processors are one way. Yeah. Um, but that would take uh, an army have have of cor- engineers. Yeah, yeah. we can't mm-hmm. do that. No. And then Jamie goes, what if we encase the catalytic agent in photon torpedoes? And I went, 
we don't have any more <laughs> torpedoes. The minute she said that, I oh. thought of you. I thought of you immediately. I thought Robbie's watching this going like, oh, she, she's shaking his head going, really? Not only do we not have photon torpedoes, but you're using our non-torpedoes just to help people change their atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, we're not even, we're not even using them need, to defend we're ourselves. We're going to need a lot of them because it says <laughs> multiple detonations at a low altitude. We got to do a lot of torpedoes. Now, some we don't even have, have any said, to spare. By the way. Yeah. Some people have said, like, if so, if we ran out of torpedoes, we could just replicate new torpedoes. Okay, let's say that's true. But if that's true, why did we make such a point in the first pilot episode or whatever? Yeah. That we only have this many torpedoes. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna have to. Why would we even? It wouldn't matter. You. Yeah. You've got unlimited torpedoes. And we've been, all throughout the show, we've been conserving replicator rations. So it's yeah. not like we have rations to go around to make extra torpedoes every week or every day. You we know, don't seems. have any torpedoes. Have any to do. But no. clearly we do because we send them down. <laughs> These and, are the uh, reserve torpedoes. They're uh -huh. off to the side. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we go back to the cave and Otrin is almost completely... Done, yeah, his face you know. is, is clear almost, yeah. right? He's got a couple of lesions, but that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, and, Bryn, um, oh, he, does he have the baby? Yes. Bryn brings, yes. Uh, Otrin yeah, brings, brings the baby with him. Yes. Otrin brings the baby and Bryn is like, he's beautiful. Yeah. And Otrin says they can, you know, give us medicine to treat all of us. Mm -hmm. But Varen is still angry. He's <laughs> like, can they bring back the people who die? Can they rebuild our cities? Yeah. Um, we can't trust these people. Mm -hmm. And Bryn finally says, you know, look at my child. They said yeah. they were going to help uh, help him and they kept their word. Yes. And I felt they like did, she yeah. is the most rational. Yeah. And and the lesson for me here was like, actions speak louder than words. Like, look at this baby mm -hmm. they just saved. Mm -hmm. You know, actions can overcome preconceptions, but just words yeah. don't yeah. mean anything until people can see. I like that the the baby the change in this baby so yeah um we go back to the bridge tuvok says shield modifications are online chakotay asks torpedoes seven says ready i say no they're not because we don't have any torpedo <laughs> but anyway seven <laughs> says they're ready yeah and they hailed them yeah and um janeway says otrin we're ready to begin and he says good luck yeah and I wondered if all these people were jealous of Otrin, by the way. Like, he got a makeover. He got, a, he got the full makeover. Now he's come back, like, all cocky. Like, Yeah, but he know. told him he has he has passes to the spa for everyone. So Everybody can yeah, get a makeover. Everyone go get a makeover. It's fine. Um, the Janeway orders Tom to take Voyager down closer. Now, once we get at a certain altitude that's when Janeway says fire the first sequence and now the torpedoes come out the clouds two torpedoes, and the atmosphere light up two yeah. magic torpedoes two magic that we torpedoes. don't really have yes and uh when the ground shakes yeah we, we cut back to the cave the ground is shaking there's is there's dirt and stuff kind of falling on yes and Varen immediately jumping around yeah, and this is where says, i was worried about james taylor by the way because the james <laughs> james taylor extra was kind of looking around like ah i was worried about james taylor here. yeah we, we i'm glad you're concerned about james but Varen thinks that we are attacking them uh otrin says no no it's a shockwave from the detonations mm-hmm 
Uh, and this goes back and forth to the point where Varen decides that he's going to try to shoot missiles at Voyager. And he's hit, he starts entering the command sequence to open up the missile silo, at which point Otrin's like, you got to be kidding. What are you doing? And Varen's like, fighting back. So there's a big struggle and big ensues, yeah, between and those two. Ultimately, Bryn, Bryn's the, the mom, one. yeah, she stops it all. Pulls a uh, rifle on Varen and yeah. says, stop. Yeah. And I and I cheered. Yep. Bryn says, this is our only chance for survival. Varen asks, would you kill me? And she says, yes, to save my child. Okay, can and I just stop you right here? I need to, I, what is your take on this? Was Bryn Varen's lady? Or not? I don't think so. No, I don't think because so. Because when... Okay, so not at all then, right? Because no. I, I felt like there were shades of that going on, maybe. But They no. talked a lot. Okay. You know, but no, I don't okay. think so. Okay. But she says, I'm going to save my child. Varen tells a guard, get that weapon from her. The guard says, no, sir. Yeah, he turns that's on That's James Taylor. That's, that's the... James Taylor. Yeah, that's James Taylor. <laughs> he that's points so the amazing weapon. to have, you know, music legends on our show. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Varen is pissed off. He's like, I took care of all of you. I kept you all alive. At this point, we have young Yun. <laughs> young Yun coming in, not my high school classmate, but young little Yun saying, little, Come the outside. little girl saying, Look, everybody, look outside. Yes. They go outside uh, on the planet's surface. The clouds are breaking open. Sunlight is breaking oh, through. They're getting vitamin D. That's and good. That, the, those kind of rays that come through, I was yeah. thinking about. You know, when we're on set, creating that sort of light on a set or a location, yes. the DPs will call that God rays. It's where oh, you, like, okay. you, put, you put like um, smoke in the room or the set, right. shine a bright light through and it gives those shafts of light. Called, so the, to make the shafts of light, are they putting flags up to sort of block it in some parts? Or It's really more about the atmosphere and the smoke. If you have okay. smoke. The smoke the will space, cause the rays then, it'll, correct? Yeah, okay. it'll, it'll grab the light. That, yeah. that atmosphere will grab the light. Yes, yes. Yun says, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Which it is. Now we've got a captain's log supplemental saying uh, we retrieved Friendship 1 and yeah. we've resumed our course to the Alpha Quadrant, but the success of our mission had a very high price. And yeah. now we're in Carrie's quarters with uh, Janeway looking at this Voyager model of Voyager in a bottle that Carrie's been working on. Okay, I know what you were thinking. You were like, this is the Hallmark Voyager. <laughs> it's the Hallmark <laughs> decoration. Voyager decoration. Stuck into a bottle. Basically. It probably was. Am I right? I, I, that's I look what I like thought. it. Okay. You may be right. Here's the other thing I thought. Yeah. This show's been, we've been running seven years, seven yeah. seasons. Yes, now. yes. And she said, or Chakotay or one of them said, he's been working on this the whole time. And he had one. No, no, she up. said he spent and months like, working on it. Not the whole time. He said, oh, he spent I thought months he'd been doing no. it the whole seven no. years. I'm like, dude, you need to like watch a YouTube video or something. Yeah. How to do this? Cause it's no. a lot faster. You know, no. when, when, when Chakotay says Carrie spent months working on it, when he said oh. that I laughed and st I still laughed at that point. So I said, no, he didn't. He went on to, I said, he went on to Amazon and said, <laughs> Voyager Christmas uh, ornament and boom, within one day, if he had he got Amazon delivery, Prime, yeah. Amazon if he had would Prime, deliver. would deliver. And this is not uh, yeah. a sponsorship. We're not getting, no, we're not, not. A paid, it's not an ad. Which is joking about Prime. the fact that, you know, maybe he used Amazon, Amazon Galaxy Prime, where he gets sent to even to the Delta to Quadrant. The, Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Yeah. the actual Voyager yes. ornament. Yeah, <laughs> my gosh. But she's she's very um, sad here, and yeah. uh, 
you know, Janeway and Jigar, they talk about the urge to explore and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the price we pay. Yeah. The, whether it's one life or millions, um, there's a high cost. And yeah. I, and, and it sort of ended abruptly to me. This, it did. This, this episode, suddenly, like the way that Janeway sort of, she was kind of mad with that last line. And then it, it, it just sort of cut, cut out. I don't know. It, it was, there's a lot of things I liked about the episode, but that ending felt like they had too abrupt. You know, too abrupt. I wonder like a missing if, scene, like a missing dialogue maybe. that they just I've, cut. I've got a script here. Oh, I'm let's gonna go. look and see. Let's go. This is my script. So the last lines as scripted say yeah. the urge to explore is pretty powerful. Says Correct. Mm-hmm. He nods, takes a beat, but it can't justify the loss of lives, whether it's millions. And she looks around the room. Uh, the evidence of Carrie's life or just one, she says. She puts a hand on the bottle, contemplates it, and then she and Chicote exit. Yeah, I feel like this should have had a shot at the end where we she was much slower and sad rather than angry. Mm-hmm. And then if she put her hand as scripted, put her hand on the bottle and you went to a tight shot of her hand. Yeah. And as they walked away out of focus in the background, you just pushed in on that kind of ship with the broken part but i don't think they did that oh i think it was just kind of i I, and yeah i don't even i don't remember them walking out either i think they're just sitting there and they just talk and that's the end of it it would have been nice to see them walk out and maybe he puts an arm around her sort of like you know it's all right you know kind of a thing sort of i'm supporting you there you know by the way there's a uh the very end here yeah i don't know if you can see but it says scene 113 omitted there oh. was a scene after the exit where they were supposed to exit another scene. And I don't know. Maybe what a walk is. and talk in the corridor where they Maybe. sort of further extrapolated or further you yeah. know, went into detail of or something about Carrie, at least. Yeah. You know? So there was something omitted. I didn't even know that that was Carrie's revision. quarters, to be perfectly honest. I had I no didn't clue. Either. I didn't. No. I had no clue. I'm also looking at the script. And so this revision is a goldenrod revision on February 1st. The draft came out on January 31st. Okay. But then there were so many revisions immediately. Yeah. The same day the draft came out, there was blue revisions. Mm-hmm. The next day, the first, after the after the first draft came out, mm-hmm. there were one, two, three, four sets of revisions in one day. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why that happened. I don't know. Taylor and Fuller were furiously writing, right? Four sets of revisions in a day? That's, that's a definitely lot. rare. We don't usually see that. Not that's, in one day. That's uh-huh. unique. It probably had something to do with budget. I bet you the budgets came in right when they released the script. And they were like, whoops, we can't do that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. that. Can't do that. Cut that, cut that, cut that. I Mm -hmm. bet you that's what it was. I believe you. What is your lesson? There's a lot of lessons in this. I I think I agree. I would say my favorite lesson is that, main lesson, I guess, is that sometimes a good intention can have unexpected consequences. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that Uh, one. Mm -hmm. That's the lesson for me. What about you? Beware of anger consuming you. Mm-hmm. Just talking about Varen, you know. Yeah, he couldn't see. He could not see beyond yeah. his anger. Right. I mean, everything was about like, look what you've done to us. You've basically committed genocide. There's only five thousand yeah. left of my race. He I hate see you. The good. In I, any no, of them. not even no. And yeah. I, I, to me, if I was 
one of Varen's people, I would say, wait a minute, that probe was sent how many years ago from your planet? Three mm-hmm. hundred? Oh, okay. You know, I I would I don't know. I I would uh, I would take into some I would take in some of the facts that I've been listening to and say, wait a minute, maybe I need to think a little bit differently. But yeah, so my my lesson actions, is just actions speak louder than words. That's Look, another one, right? So you have actions helping, speak louder than words. He helped the baby. Janeway mm-hmm. helped the the guy. Uh, you know, Otrin. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we have three um, lessons. We have three lessons. Yeah, All right. Your rating. A lot of lessons. My rating for friendship one is a 7.5. Mm-hmm. And I would have given this a higher rating because I actually like the concept. I like the story. I liked a lot of things about it. Mm. But again, I feel like the performances by the guest cast. Mm. Not that I would say they're bad. I just felt like they were all sort of to one note and yeah. one note okay. and i didn't feel the differentiation of character mm-hmm. i didn't feel the highs and lows of the emotions mm-hmm. it just felt a lot kind of in the middle not not very compelling mm-hmm. so yeah okay well i'm not gonna let the guest star's performance affect my rating i'm gonna give it a little higher i'm gonna go to 8.0 wow so, mm, okay i did like this episode here we go Captain's and Admiral average rating for Friendship One is yes, seven. Seven on the nose. Seven. Okay. So you and I were both higher yeah. on this one. Than the yeah. average. Okay. So that's uh, Friendship One for this week. What is next week? Natural Law. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's recap and discussion of Friendship One. Join Robbie and I next week when we tackle Natural Law. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material.